Hey, Rob, do you know what a pawpaw is? It's a grandfather. <laughs> That's your second grandfather who was like, <laughs> I wanted to be grandpa, but they they already had a grandpa. And so I guess I'm pawpaw now. No, it's actually a Native American fruit. Uh, Fox actually did a video about it, I don't know, a couple months back. Really kind of talking up the pawpaw. Pawpaw fruit. That's right. Not many people have heard of it. And the video really tried to sell you on its virtues. Kind of failed when half the people they interviewed said it's bitter and disgusting. (laughs) But I got to say, probably the biggest problem with it is that it only has a three to five day period between when it's ripe enough to be picked and when it goes bad. There's a reason there's no paw paw pie at Thanksgiving. Ain't nobody's got time for that, Rob. No, have you have you found this fruit? No, and I'm not going to. Three to five days. Man, <laughs> I can't get off my ass for the shamrock shake. <laughs> it's time. Time. For a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright, it's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello and welcome back to the show that usually ends. It's another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I Take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I'm Alan, and this is my friend Rob. Hello, Alan. How are you? Uh, did you have to let the cat back in? <laughs> no, I uh, had to remember to um, uh, hit the mute button again. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> this is like every conference call that you're on. and such a- No, you go ahead. No, no, you no, go ahead. No, wait, wait. No, wait, are you on mute? Yep, because I, it seems like a... Hold on, I'm on a cell phone. I got, I have a delay. Are you, you, you can go. Well, we've got pizza here and cookies, <laughs> so we're having a great time. Let's give everyone a few more minutes to arrive. All right, Alan, what do we got this week? This week, Rob, we have a story called The Devil's Jest by Robert Terry Shannon. From the pages of Argosy All Story Weekly, December 15th, 1923. Well, it's time to curl up in your favorite chair and grab a drink while I read you this week's tale. Vincente Alessandro awoke without apparent reason, and opened his eyes to the dim furnishings of his great bedroom. Oh, it it really is great. He's got both the USS flag and Castle Grayskull. Yeah, that's great. His mind began to clear slowly, and he realized that, somehow, he had pulled his consciousness up out of an abysmal black void. Wait, had they not invented the word hangover by 1923? (laughs) No. Mm, I feel like the abysmal Black Void 2 just really kind of went off the rails when they brought Mike Tyson back. His body, which lay like a fragile husk under the light linen and silk covers of his mammoth bed carved of walnut, was peculiarly without sensation, as though it were in some way detached from his real being. Uh, uh, I'm calling it now. He's a head in a jar. His arm? When he tried to lift it, was inert and heavy. With an effort, he pulled up a hand under the covers and felt at his breast for the pulsation of his heart. He was unable to detect any beat. Hmm, sounds like he's going to need some special beat service. Quick, someone check if he has a mirror in the bathroom. I just found out the name of Vincente Alessandro's best friend. And? Uh... He's talk, talk, talking about himself again. <laughs> this, then, said Vincente Alessandro to himself, is death. I am still alive. So then this is not death. Keep up, Vincente. 
hold on, I'm getting to the point, you've got to hold on. But I am dying, exactly as it was explained. The heart, like an engine without power, is slowing down to a final stop. Death, the ultimate running out of gas while driving through Binghamton, New York. I did the... Why don't they have automated machines? Why do they have to turn off the power? It's like three in the morning. It's a union thing. Yeah? Yeah. Gotta keep people working. Route 8, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. The darkness, like an enveloping cloud, began to gather about his mind. But the will to live a little longer stayed the man from sinking supinely into cushioned nothingness that represented death. What a weird coincidence. That's exactly what my dad wrote in his Christmas card this year. Huh. Oh. Like him and death in a sweater? Or? Him and death drinking absinthe and playing chess. Isn't that what everyone's dad sends on their Christmas card? Mm. There was no terror, no regret. If anything, there was satisfaction. His physician, who was a medical celebrity, had told Vincente Alessandro exactly what to expect. The bad news is you're going to die. The good news is I'm super famous, so you can be really positive that you're going to die. Acting accordingly, the man had done the things necessary to wind up his life in the manner which would give him the most satisfaction. The act of dying would be his last master stroke. It would represent his subtlest achievement. Yes, nothing more subtle than dying. That rarely gets attention from anyone. There was no sting now in the thought of death. And yet... And yet, there was the slight worry that maybe he'd forgotten to clear his browser history. Oh yeah, you gotta have a, the porn buddy. <laughs> it's... Do you set up an arrangement ahead of time that yeah. they go back and they clear your browser history and donate your bitcoins to a charity <laughs> of their choosing? It's really gotta be someone you trust. Right. Vincente Alessandro summoned mental energy from some inner center and drew himself out of the shadowed borderland. Intellectually, he was quite ready to go, but the instinctive will of the animal brought him up as from a great depth, brought him up fighting physically. The struggle was accompanied by a kind of friction, an increasing illumination, a sharpening of his faculties. So he's dying, but at least his sense of smell is getting better. That's something? Yeah, I hear when your sense of taste and your sense of sight and your sense of hearing and your sense of touch all die, that your sense of smell really compensates. (laughs) Like a candle flaming up before it is extinguished, he told himself. Or like a circle in a spiral, or like a wheel within a wheel. Damn it, next time I need to come up with my big line before dying. Or you could just quote the Thomas Crown Affair (laughs) theme song. (laughs) I mean, that's not a good song, but okay. You're going to say this is is a lot like a Ralph Bakshi Hobbit uh, type song for a movie about a (laughs) international art thief? No, I was just about to say that I, I suddenly feel like we should get in a nice firelit room and play a sensual game of chess. Mm, sensual chess. <laughs> you play that on four levels. <laughs> 69 levels. <laughs> Classy. His dark, deep-set eyes roved the familiar room with its heavy carved furniture, its paintings and hangings. Vincente Alessandro had slept in the room for 20 years. Since he had built the house when he was in the full flush of his middle age, and now he was withered like a tree without sap. Or a Pringles can without any more Pringles. God, that's sad. Beside his bed was a narrow table of polished wood. Reaching out, he touched the base of a small parchment-shaded lamp, and the room was softly illumined with a subdued glow. On an oval of ivory, banded with a fretwork of silver, was the miniature portrait of a woman, young, blonde, and exquisite. Turning his head slightly, Vincende Alessandro regarded it with eyes that grew into bright, triumphant slits. That's right. I hit that. At least I can die as I lived. A skeevy weirdo. 
That's not usually the reaction to a man that's got a cameo of a woman, but okay. <laughs> well, the bright triumphant slits. It's it's skeevy. I'm, there's something going on there. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Like he was he's in the house Slytherin of this group. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly his glance leaped away toward the long brocaded portieres that separated the room from one adjoining, which was his study. Who's there? he demanded in a voice. Brittle and alert. Brittle and alert. The Ruth Bader Ginsburg biography. (laughs) No one answered. His attention sharpened to a keen, nervous edge. He was taut as a drawn wire. A renewed current of energy ran through his nerves. Who is it? He called sharply. I saw the curtain move. I heard someone breathe. Ali, Ali, oxen free. Come on, guys, I'm dying. This isn't funny anymore. Again, silence. Craftily, the hand and arm of Vicente Alessandro reached out to the end of the table that was nearest his bed. Following his fingers, a smooth drawer slid out, and he possessed himself of a short, glistening revolver. Oh, Alan, please don't ever read the phrase short, glistening revolver again. Thank you. What? I I keep it in um, GAC. <laughs> Just to get that extra glisten? It's good for the gun uh, metal. <clears throat> Plus, kids never think to look for it. In there. <laughs> but they love to play with it. They'd reach right in. Mm, well, my plan has some flaws. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I have a pistol pointed directly at that curtain. Come out or I'll fire, he said with a dry nerveless composure he's gonna be really embarrassed when his cat slides under the curtain the curtain moved almost imperceptibly there was now unmistakably the sound of someone breathing at once or i fire either those curtains go or i shoot the curtain defiantly was brushed aside and there stepped into the room the slender darkly clad figure of a man a lean-faced man with a sharp, protruding underjaw and thin lips askew with chagrin, or perhaps desperation. Steve Buscemi, no! (laughs) That's rough. And accurate. Rough and accurate, the Aaron Burr story. Aaron Burr, sir! Well, queried Alessandro. Are you going to jump in here with me, or do I have to shoot? The other tossed his head with a touch of bravado. All right, call somebody. Send for the cops, he enunciated in a strained voice. You got me, ain't you? Ain't you got me, baby? Ain't you got me, oh? I was working as a guy behind a curtain tonight. That much was true. Vincente Alessandro was on one elbow, holding his weapon steadily. Who are you? What do you want? I want my two dollars! So I'm always going to laugh at that. I know. <laughs> Most of all, I want to get away, but I guess there ain't a chance as long as you're pointing that gun at my head. Finally, a sensible burglar. He'll break into your house, but he'll always be sure to flush after he uses the bathroom. Alessandro watched the man with a cat-like smile developing slowly. Mm, You're not much of a burglar, young man, he said with a false note of humor. You ought to wear a mask and a cap. You most certainly ought to avoid capture by a bedridden invalid. Oh, yeah, that's uh, good advice. Hold on, I'll be back in ten minutes. The intruder stood motionless, pallid. You can call your cap, he said tensely. Ain't carrying no weapons, and I ain't took nothing away from your house. The worst you can stick me for is unlawful entry, and maybe not that. Maybe I'm just a shell-shocked veteran that wandered in the wrong place. Yeah, or maybe I'm late 90s Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I give him a second chance. <laughs> we wouldn't have Iron Man if we didn't give him a second chance. It's true. The whole MCU depended on Mel Gibson. For a moment. Alessandro regarded his captive steadily with keen, searching eyes. Slowly, he lowered the pistol and waved the other to a heavy chair near the foot of the bed. 
The hand that held the weapon lay lightly but alertly on the bed. You know, old people just get so lonely. This is how desperate they are to talk to someone. It's sad. Yeah, that's It's sad. not a joke. It's just sad. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> just bringing, bringing up the mood. You needn't trouble to start flaming up an alibi, he said mockingly. I can see that you're pretty sick at your stomach right now. But you might as well get over that. You have stumbled into the only house in New York City where you would be welcome. The only dying house in New York? The man sank slowly into the designated chair, removed the soft felt hat he was wearing, and held it on his lap. In the faint light, there was an almost vicious handsomeness in his sharply cut features, surmounted by a crop of crisp black hair. His gray eyes were perfectly steady now, as though he had obtained a fresh grip on his nerves. Or as though he had realized he was dealing with a dying guy who could barely lift a gun. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a, alone in the dark. Well, what's the big idea? He asked coolly. It was something baffled in his tone. You have a hard nerve, Alessandro remarked. Yeah, it kept me out of the Navy in the Great War. Little known fact, Alan, uh, hard nerves were the flat feet of 1923. <laughs> 4F. Maybe, the other admitted. And you've got a pretty big opinion on your own qualifications. Vanity. Too bad you haven't intelligence as well. We are pretty much alike, you and I, except in the matter of intelligence. And ages and ability to stand, and opinions on the film Down With Love. I feel it's a delightful romp. Also, you don't have this sexy, sexy voice. <laughs> the difference is in degree, not kind. I probably have twice as much nerve and vanity. That's why I'm talking so much. Vanity. Well, that and I've been in this bed like Grandpa Joe for 30 years. I'm lonely, damn it. I only have my stories, and they took General Hospital off the air. <laughs> I've been forced to keep it undercover for years, but the necessity no longer exists. I'm free now from all restrictions. You see, your providential coming has caught me in a rare mood. I was preparing to die when I discovered you. I'll probably be dead before you leave the room. Gotta admit, this is a pretty convenient robbery. I'd be tempted to rob a guy in this situation, and I haven't robbed anyone in years. Yeah, but, you know, once you once you retire from robbing, you always go back for that one last rob. Waiting for that one dying guy. Big score. Also, your parents named you Rob. Yeah, it was, it was meant to be. Vincente Alessandro had been speaking with a studied, leisurely enjoyment. His eyes glistened. In his veins, his Latin blood was pulsing warmly at a dramatic situation. All right, Latin blood. <clears throat> Let me uh, dust off my Latin double entendres here. <clears throat> Resola non est quad pulsat vehementer. Yeah. <laughs> getting, war <laughs> getting warm around here for anyone else? Oh, you dog. <laughs> Canis, sorry. <laughs> The role of the bizarre, imperturbable Elegante, even at the hour of death, reached a theatric strain in his nature. The growing bewilderment written on the features of the man before him gave an added Philip to his pleasure. I think that's one of the few times that Philip and pleasure has ever been used in the same sentence. Sorry, Phil's of the world. I am sure Philip Glass would take exception <laughs> with that. He is a dog with the ladies. Go, Glass. Let me tell you something, my friend. He went on smoothly. I suppose this situation to which you have stumbled is without a parallel in the annals of burglary. You saw that the house was darkened. You thought, naturally, that it was empty. You thought, hey, maybe this old guy has a complete first series of Magic the Gathering cards. Maybe he doesn't have a black lotus, but, you know, maybe he's got an unopened pack. and It could be in there. Who knows? <laughs> the burglar nodded. The tenseness was getting out of his body and his nerves. 
His eyes gave a steady attention to the leathery face of Alessandro. And you found the master of the house unexpectedly at home. Master of the house isn't worth a spit. Comforter, philosopher, and lifelong shit. Unexpectedly, you were captured. <laughs> you haven't seen Les Mis, have you? I read the Victor Hugo original, but <laughs> it didn't have to be a fucking musical, okay? <laughs> Jean Valjean was a hero. He didn't have to fucking sing. <laughs> also, not to get too involved, but isn't it basically a tale of two cities, redux? Uh, pretty much. Again, the unexpected. I, Vincento Alessandro, am perhaps the only man in New York who wouldn't have shot you or turned you over to the police. I don't know. That naked cowboy seems like a pretty nice guy. He might have invited the burglar in for a beer or something. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't want him to sit down, do you? It's his place. He's going to sit wherever he wants. So, there... don't, so don't sit down. That's, a, okay. that's the lesson there. All right, I get it. There is a burnless type of mind that asserts that all men are molded out of the same primeval mud, that they are not all the same under the skin. Dots. I'm not like anyone living now. I'm a throwback. A caveman, a Neanderthal, an Australopithecus Afranus, that guy who played Dauber on Coach. Oh, He's he's Patrick Starr on, on SpongeBob, so he's he's doing all right for himself. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's better than a crappy show with Thomas Hayden Church. No. <laughs> oh, Craig T. Nelson. Shelly Favaris. I, I can tell you all about Coach. <laughs> really? Why don't we just stop the podcast now then? Remember, we're starting our Coach Cast next uh, week. Oh, we're yeah, the Coach Every cast, episode. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. People love it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Please donate to our Patreon now. Mm. <laughs> I'm one of the Doges. Perhaps a reincarnation of one of the Dukes of Venice or Florence. Or perhaps that the Duke of Earl I've heard so much about lately. And as I wander through my dukedom, <laughs> I feel like one. But the chances are that you don't understand a word of what I'm getting at. You're just wondering what your chances are of getting away. The other smiled faintly. I'm figuring on that all right, he admitted frankly. But your drift, maybe, ain't as much over my head as you suppose. Oh, great. He's being robbed by the only classics major in New York City. That's bullshit. What do you think the classics majors are doing with their degrees, Rob? <laughs> Robbing the streets. I hope not, Alessandro told him coldly, but the chances are that you think I'm insane. Whereas I am perfectly lucid in my mind. Just at the moment of my death, a mysterious fate sends in a man like you to hear my deathbed confession. It is most gratifying. Yeah, who uh, doesn't want to have an awkward conversation with a complete stranger in your last living moments? These last confessions, you know, are never given to clear a conscience. They're all the result of vanity, nothing more. I should have hated to die without the pleasure of confessing. The whole thing is such a beautiful jest. Oh, thank God it's not an infinite jest, or this podcast would be way longer. Yeah, and also, I definitely wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> and I, I totally wouldn't get the author of that confused with the guy that was on Oprah and was a drug addict. <laughs> the million little pieces guy. I told you, the situation is without a parallel. And so it is. For the first time in the history of man, the thief and his victim meet without any conflict of interest. I am dying. This is what they call in the thieving business a win-win situation. These things in the house which you came to steal, I cannot carry them with me. A dead man cannot own property. But 
Contrary to what you've heard, they can tell tales. Agatha Christie wrote three novels in a one-act play after she died. They're not very good. Hey, uh, Neil Patterson uh, has been frozen in a tomb underneath the Atlantic Ocean since 1973. Neil Patterson? No, what's his name? (laughs) James Patterson? Fucking James Patterson. (laughs) (laughs) That's staying in. (laughs) That's not staying in. (laughs) You bastard. Along came an amoeba. By James Patterson. <laughs> the minute my heart stops, I cease to have any connection whatever with any earthly possessions. I shall be in a different medium where the material things of this life are without value. Oh, he's going to Burning Man. No, then toilet paper would be a really good bargain. Oh, man. You just haven't been there, man. Just haven't been there. And also sunscreen. <laughs> And also ecstasy. Perhaps, at the outside, I shall live an hour longer. These things are of no possible use to me in that short space of time. Therefore, in taking anything you may choose, you are working no hardship upon me. You are depriving me of nothing that I need. When you leave this house, I have not the faintest interest in what you take with you. You may take... Anything you like. Is it uh, weird if I take that gun? How about a little early, say, now-ish? Alessandro paused with a saturnine smile. At the foot of the bed, the burglar was studying him with a puzzled frown. The hands that had hitherto lain motionless in his lap began now to move restlessly. Ah, If only he'd lived a century later, he could be robbing this guy with a fidget spinner. If you feel that way about it, mister, he said suddenly, and if you ain't holding no grudge against me, why, I'd just as soon clear up right now. I wouldn't bother to take anything with me, neither. Uh, Not not even my commemorative McDonaldland glassware collection? I've got the Hamburglar one. Surely you would enjoy the delicious irony. Oh, delicious. I've done it again. (laughs) Why, from what you said... About dying, you're afraid of death? Involuntarily, the man shrugged. You're so sure you're going to kick off, it's sort of cold-blooded. Yeah, cold-blooded, and I ain't had any luck robbing amphibians lately. I'll tell you what I'll do, mister. After I get out, I'll telephone from some drugstore for a doctor for you on the level. Vincente Alessandro moved his revolver slightly. There it is. Well, there's a line that could easily fit in this story as in a romance novel. Saucy stories, here we come. You'll stay right where you are, he said bloodlessly. After all, you're just one of the common herd. Sentimental. I've an odd story to tell. So sit down, take a seat, it's gonna be a while. However... I'm not telling it for your benefit, but my own. Now, at last, I realize that I've got to share it, to pour into human ears, however unappreciative they may be. Oh, God, he is going to read Infinite Jest to him. Quick, Alan, burn the podcast. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Where's the letter? (laughs) Vanity. Again. Strange, too. Until a short time ago, I fancied I would be content to die with it locked in my breast. When you came, the necessity for telling it came also, and I will not be cheated. Unless, of course, you try to escape, in which case I shall inevitably prevent you. The range is short. Beyond doubt, I could drop you before you took two steps. Yes, the legendary whip-fast reaction time of an elderly man on his deathbed. Hold on. (laughs) Don't take it for three steps. No, hold on. (laughs) The burglar's restless fingers fished a cigarette and a match out of his vest. Shoot, he said crisply. Jeez, dude, watch the choice of words here. He's got a gun. 
Ah, Alan, this, uh, I think this is a pretty good time for a break. Uh, this is, this sounds like it's going to go on for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize I was going to be doing an offensive, uh, Latin accent for this long either. So <laughs> let me, let me come out, uh, come back when I've reconciled that to myself. <laughs> sounds good. Alan, been thinking about asking our listeners, popping them the big question. Okay. It's, it's not an easy one. I think now is the time for us to both get on our knees and look deep, deep into our listeners' ears and what? and ask them sincerely and with conviction, will you rate and review us on iTunes? Okay, we're on our knees. Where are their ears? <laughs> They're going to have to bend down too. Everyone get on your knees. Okay, wait a minute. I don't think we want to ask our <laughs> listeners to do that. You know what I think we do want to ask them to do? What? Is to please go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. If you like what we do, help us out. It's free for you. It's a great thing for us. Rob, can you say anything else without making inappropriate requests from our audience? You can rate and review us on any of the other services too. Google Play, they're awesome. Whether you do it on your knees or not, I leave it up to you. That's your business. Thank you, folks. We appreciate it. Of course, it is understood you'll take whatever you like from the house. When it's all over, Alessandro added, your predatory instincts will govern that. The other's face flushed. You don't hold a hell of a high opinion of me, do you? He demanded with sudden, unreasoning heat. Oh, but of course I do. I hold everyone who breaks into my house in only the highest regard. Are you married? Let me introduce you to my daughter. And she's got a big check coming. <laughs> I suppose I ought to start with my birth. Oh boy! Okay, let's. Uh, no, no, hold on. I, let's it was settle a in here. Hot summer, <clears throat> and the winds blew with the yeah. coming of the spring tide. Um, yes, hold on. I I wasn't alive then, so uh. <laughs> I got it pretty third hand. Vincente Alessandro began ignoring the words and the tone of his listener. I am convinced that parentage counts for nothing. Somehow I happened to be born of poor people down south of Washington Square a very long time ago. Yes, uh, I was born south of the square border. Was that in New York? <laughs> yeah, it's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you're, you're committed now. <laughs> I bore their name. Perhaps my flesh and blood partook of theirs, but not myself. No, that was different. I was not going to be a simple butcher's son. I was destined for the great white way. They were content in their ignorance. I had a passion for education, for the fineness beyond their comprehension. It was extremely easy to gratify my desires. My intelligence was remarkable. There are books and teachers available in limitless numbers. Oh, this is clearly a story from a long time ago. Am I right? Huh? Okay. Nice. <laughs> Timely. But books were the most important. At 21, I was cultured a gentleman. I moved uptown and put behind me the squalor of the slums. I was moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. But I did not lose touch with the people, my race down there. I had a passion for money, and my people were simple and greedy. It was no effort at all to get them to invest their savings with me, and I made money for them, some of them. You see, it's called Herbalife, and all you have to do is sign up five salespeople, and if they have sign up five salespeople, then, well, it's easy money. What do you say? My astuteness enabled me to see that there was a fortune to be made in building houses, cheap apartments. I was very nearly infallible in my judgment, 
for a time I was absolutely honest, because I thought that it was the profitable thing. But the process of acquiring wealth through honesty became too slow. Then I made my bargain with the devil, and he prospered me exceedingly. Oh, that's cool, man. A friend of the devil's a friend of mine. The eyes of the burglar widened so suddenly and so remarkably that Vincente Alessandro checked his speech, and a derisive chuckle arose in his throat. <laughs> no, simpleton. I don't mean black magic, he said, contemptuous of the other's startled look. I meant voodoo. So many people get the two confused. I, they have no idea the difference between hoodoo and juju <laughs> and... And what you do so well. <laughs> dance, magic, dance. <laughs> um, I spoke figuratively. As soon as I was freed of the shackles of honesty, I multiplied my opportunities a hundredfold. Although the law did, in a degree, limit my workings. Wait, a, a shady landlord? That's impossible. Yeah. I found my success and failure. I failed with a woman, my wife. His glance rested momentarily on the ivory miniature on his table. Well, there's the reason for his failure. You're not supposed to marry engravings, old man. Oh, jeez. That's a... I'd say rookie mistake, but he's really old. She was a cold northern lily. Her frigidity to me fanned me to a flame. Yes, cold, brittle women. Nothing gets a 20s man like them. The only thing better are frigid schoolmarms. Oh, mama. Yes. Please tell me more about Providence and the Farmer's Almanac. I was aware that secretly she despised me that she looked down upon me with the scorn of blue blood upon one of the canai. I can't right. even see what this Alan? is. No, 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 no. This is, this is an opportunity to introduce a new segment to the show. It's called the Interrupted Tales Word Time Jamboree. Cue the theme music. Okay. Um, we let's don't see have... what I got here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Alan, what am I paying you here for? Come on. Anyway, canal uh, means the masses or common folk. It is also a great spread on toast common to parts of Western Australia and Cincinnati. Mm. Great bit. We should, we should do that. <laughs> I, I, I like to educate and entertain. You, of course, cannot understand how such a thing affected me. She was a living challenge. All that I had accomplished, all life, was futile, as long as this one particular woman remained unattainable. Such is my nature. There remained but one object in life, to master her. Finally, the source of the song, Under My Thumb, is revealed. Oh, wait, the Rolling Stones were just sexist shitbags. That's right. Oh, no. Brown sugar... Has a lot of social commentary in it. First, I had to accomplish the impossible feat of marrying her. The task was doubly hard. She was in love with a worthless young artist, a starveling. Oh, is this anything like a youngling? If so, that artist better stay away from any Jedis played by terrible actors. No man who ever lived except myself could have accomplished what I did. No brain other than mine could have had the subtlety. No nature other than mine would have possessed the daring and the courage to make such a sacrifice. In other words, damn, I'm good. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> Her father was a man of money. I drew him into financial association with me. For a while, I allowed him to prosper. Then... Mark this well. Okay, hold on. Let me get my pen. Okay. Now, okay. do you have okay. enough paper? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, because it doesn't look like you're taking notes. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I've got it right here. Okay, but 
uh, saying the words and you're barely making any motion. Uh, I mean, do you know shorthand? <laughs> no answer. Okay. Let's move on. I steered our partnership into a failure. All right. Steer into failure. Okay. Okay. More. Criminal failure. Criminal failure. Got it. Okay. Her father not only stood to lose his integrity, but he faced prison. Integrity, prison. All right, all right. Okay, but I want the tone of it as well, okay? Not just the uh, words, okay? Uh, Apparently, he was guilty of fraud, while I was innocent. Guilty, fraud, innocent? Uh -huh, no, uh -huh. okay. He was guilty of fraud, okay? You got yeah. Okay, okay. He was guilty, yeah. All fraud. Right. You innocent. Yet. <laughs> no court on earth could have decided otherwise. Wait a minute. Alan, is this going to be on the final? Yes, I would not teach it if it wasn't going to be on the final, okay? Okay. Okay. You just said we wouldn't have to know any dates, so I wanted to see if we had to know this, too. Okay. You can bring a calculator. Does that help? <laughs> Thank you. Can you not see the situation, the lever? Frankly, I made my terms to the girl. I triumphed. The expose came. I was ruined in reputation. It was impossible for me to continue in business. Yet I had come out of the scandal with my fortune hidden away intact. Money works wonders. I was acquitted legally, damned morally. Just like R. Kelly. But she was my wife. Her father died. Wait, now he decides to suddenly take big jumps in the story? Where was this drive when he was talking about the housing business? Okay, I feel like you didn't take very good notes. <laughs> okay, because then you would know that I was moving on. Yet I failed. Even as I swindled her, so she swindled me. Legally, she became my wife. She lived in my house. Her apartment in it is on the other side of the corridor. For 20 years, she has kept me out of every phase of her life. And thank God I couldn't stand hearing more talk about whether Chloe or Courtney is a smart one. It is obviously Kim. She is the one that built the whole empire. With a stamina that is scarcely credible, she has ignored me. Yet she kept her pledge. She married me. Nothing more. The burglar in his chair stirred. Well. What did you expect? He demanded, forgetful of his own situation. You think she was going to fall on your neck after the way you framed her? Uh, just to make sure I understand my early, early 20th century jive, a uh, girl falling on your neck is a good thing, right, Alan? If you have insurance. Oh, makes sense. Vincente Alessandro's lips tightened. I have said that I have a hard nerve and an inordinate vanity, he said coldly. Another man would have struggled and admitted defeat. I am different. I am capable of living out a single idea to its conclusion. I staked all on one card. I was playing with the Queen of Hearts, knowing it ain't really smart. The Joker ain't the only fool who'd do anything for you. I appreciate the lyrics of Juice Newton. <laughs> the juiciest. Perhaps it is all vanity. It matters not. But I have a clear mind. From the beginning, I saw that victory was impossible. It was beyond any power I had triumphed over her spirit. Did I quit? There was still one compensating opportunity left for me. Do you know what it was? The burglar shook his head. Hookers. Ferry boats full of hookers. Hey, when opportunity knocks. Um, when opportunity knockers? <laughs> I love that movie with Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge. The word was a hiss in the throat of the man on the bed. But it must not be crass, common. It had to be a revenge that was beautiful. It had to be expressive of my personality. You would have beaten her. I, I would wound the spirit. I'd tell her that those jeans looked fat on her, or 
I'd mock her new ability to vote. I would mansplain my revenge to her. <laughs> my wife, as a girl, had never learned the value of money. She had no idea whatever of its importance. From childhood, it had flowed like an endless stream into her hands. Her attitude toward it was impersonal. I imagine that she thought no more of it than she did of the air she breathed. She did, of course, only breathe air imported from Fiji. Just like to point out that all the air we breathe is, in a way, technically imported from Fiji. <laughs> it's a butterfly effect, man. Can you not see what a weapon I possessed? I placed large sums to her credit in a checking account. She has always had all she wanted, the fine things of life, the inexpensive luxuries, the fine Corinthian leather. They are her necessities. The finest clothes, the most exotic foods, the yappiest of small dogs that fit in purses. <laughs> in accepting money from me, she was scarcely aware of its source. Certainly, she never fully realized it. Merely, she was drawing on the same inexhaustible supplies she had always known. I went to the pains to see that she drew it even from the same bank through which her father had handled her allowances. But as my wife, there was more. There was more for her charities, her clothes, her cars, jewels, everything. Yes, <laughs> It was a dastardly plan that had me give away money that she spent <laughs> on charity. <laughs> Truly a revenge for the ages. Chilling. And through all of these years, our relations have been formal. We always shook hands before and after doing the nasty. I mean, I get before, you know, you want enthusiastically cordial consent. You see, I foresaw now that I would die long before she did. Her age is now 40. The best part of her life remains. We should get this guy to be casting in Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. There are good roles for women over 40. She is without any relatives, whatever. I am her only source of supply. Ah, but I observe you have not yet begun to see what I am aiming to do. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone has begun to see what he's aiming to do. There are probably people listening to completely different podcasts who know what he's aiming to do. Yeah, I, I, I read on the comment section of Pod Save America uh, what the plot twist is. <laughs> the eyes of the burglar were hard. A pool of a scowl had formed between his brows. He was silent. Again, there was something reminiscently cat-like in the face of Vincente Alessandro as he moistened his lips with his tongue. And then licked his own butt for a good five minutes. Oh, that's... It's cat-like. Yeah, but I mean, if it says dog-like, we don't say, like, he humped uh, a person. And... Oh, oh I, I have that joke in two paragraphs. Sorry. Okay, let me make sure I take off the explicit tag then. <laughs> Give it as wide an audience as possible. <laughs> uh, perhaps you have never heard of Gustav von Bohm. Uh, the, the great made-up scientist? Of course we have. <laughs> he took up his narrative again. He is the greatest living specialist on diseases of the heart. A year ago, because he is a wise man, he came out of Germany. He came to put his great skill on the market. I have had heart trouble. He has treated me. From the beginning, he told me, frankly, there was no hope. I have been doomed for years. Now, I am at the end. He described how the final seizure would come to me. In vivid detail, he drew pictures and everything. That man knows my interior as a watchmaker knows the wheels of a watch. I have paid him thousands of dollars for information. Is it not plain, then, 
what I have done. As the time drew short, I began to convert my assets into cash. Death. I can snap my fingers at death. You know, Alan, if there are two things I've learned, it's never snap your fingers at death or servers in restaurants. It's just rude, and they'll both forget to bring you your breadsticks on purpose. It's just like a special place in hell for <laughs> yeah. you guys. Check, please. Check, please. Check, check. I'm making a little check. Check, please. Check, please. I'm getting to it. Do you know the easiest way to get rid of money? More than a million. Bet on the New York Giants? hey <laughs> Rent Brewster's millions? <laughs> the stock market. You can lose it without the slightest chance of ever getting it back. But this house remained. The cars and jewels. Well, she knew nothing of business. Quite willingly, she signed any papers I presented. Mortgage after mortgage clear up to the hilt and beyond. So, pretty much a normal American in the 21st century. Got it. The money so realized went into the same maw and disappeared. Our current expenses borrowed. The time was short. They would not press the debts. And now I die. And she, I have not victory, but I have that which is equally sweet. Revenge. She who was used to every luxury that money could buy. She who lived as a princess. She will go out into the world at forty. A pauper. The burglar half smiled. That's a scream, he muttered. Yeah, it takes some real smarts to marry a dame and then destroy her for no reason except she knew how gross and evil you are. What a brain! Alessandro did not hear him. Fate has been sweet to me. Everything is swept away. I die just in time. Already there are the first faint rumblings of the coming crash. One of my creditors telephoned me today. I put him off. That's a scream, the burglar muttered again. I just remembered this great joke. A man walks into a bar with a ten-inch penis. Wait, wait, I screwed it up again. No, but please continue. It's a fascinating story. <laughs> For a moment, the room was silent, and then came the swift, startling ringing of a telephone in the room. The eyes of both men widened. Mostly because they were surprised the ringtone was a Daddy Yankee song. Dame la gasolina. Hand it to me, Alessandro commanded. I will answer. The instrument at the end of a long cord was lifted from a stand by the burglar and placed in the hands of the recumbent man. The recumbent man. An early precursor to the recumbent bike. And just as goofy looking. The recumbent man. A thrilling Ray Bradbury story that I could not tell you what happened in. Yes, this is he. You... What? Suddenly, the sound of a French clock on the mantle of Carrera marble became distinctly audible as Vincente Alessandro's face began slowly to grow livid as he listened to the voice that came through the receiver pressed tightly against his ear. A whimsy played around the thin lips of the burglar as he looked upon the startled anguish on the face of the older man. Gee, it's a scream. The thin lips formed the word soundlessly. Seriously, did you watch James Corden last night? So funny and what a talent. He can sing and drive at the same time. Hey, did you know he actually drives the car? Was that a green screen? It's amazing. They just drive slow. Drive and sing. It's, it's Hollywood, uncanny. Amazing. Vincente Alessandro, with a palsied hand, put the receiver on the hook. His lids fluttered to a close. His lips had become ashen. Presently, he spoke in a voice that was as dry, as hopeless, as dust. She, she met him this afternoon, the starveling artist. She is sailing tomorrow for Paris, for a divorce. He, he has attained fame, wealth. Ah, the same old story. 
a man's dastardly plan destroyed by the sudden fame of an artist. It's a tale as old as time. A song as old as rhyme. <laughs> a paroxysm of defeat shook the frame of Vincente Alessandro. But I won't live to suffer, thank God. I am dying. The burglar grinned. Holy smoke. This is a scream, he broke out without restraint. Don't you ever read the newspapers? This Von Bohm you was telling me about. Didn't you read about him in tonight's paper? Um, I'm busy dying over here. I haven't had time to read the paper. Have you even been listening? Well, did you get the early edition uh, where they said they'd have a story about him in the evening edition? <laughs> Did you, did you get the penny saver catalog? I mean, just, I'm just asking. <laughs> Say, he's a fake. The real Von Bohm's still in Germany. This bird here is pinched. Picture on the front page. He's been getting slews of rich guys and telling them that they was about to die. He'd scare them to death and then milk them right. And you have to milk old men just right or only dust comes out. Well, and it takes a lot of milking. That's the real problem. Gotta go for volume. And you fell for that faker. It's a million to one that your heart's as sound as a dollar watch. Gee, it's a scream. And you shot every dime you had just to leave the dame in the lurch. Say, you ain't gonna die. You're gonna live for a long while. Flat. Busted. You're gonna live. But is it really living if you're part of the 99%? I say no. Occupy this guy's house. <laughs> Calmly, the burglar picked up his hat, placed it on his head, and strode to the brocaded portier that led into the next room, where there was an open window and a fire escape. At the exit, he stopped and looked back with a grin. You poor fish, he laughed, and farewell. Oh, I... Didn't this guy hear? That fish became a famous artist in Europe. He's not poor anymore. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> Norman Rockfish. <laughs> Vincente Alessandro picked up the shining pistol and pressed it against his heart, which was now beating firmly and evenly. His fingers sought the trigger and hesitated. Then, swiftly as though the weapon burned his fingers, he flung it across the room. Straight into the hands of another burglar. What a twist! <laughs> no, no, he cried in an access of bitter realization. I cannot kill myself. I have not the courage. I am doomed to live. The End well rob that was kind of a, like a locked room mystery except for mm. the window was open the whole time <laughs> <laughs> the window was open and uh there's a fire escape right there and there was no access. mystery no there's no mystery <laughs> i though loved it i uh the man's plans brought down by a crazy combination of a starving artist suddenly becoming famous and a uh and a fake doctor it's it's glorious yeah it made sense what did you think the moral of the devil's jest was is very easy always get a second opinion <laughs> that's <laughs> this is the most simple moral we've ever had yeah i think i'm gonna ask another fake doctor what he thinks about it <laughs> oh dr von greenstein um uh <laughs> how's my heart i i think the moral is if you're going to tell your life story to a burglar, don't talk to one who's well-read. <laughs> Always start with, have you read today's papers? <laughs> Lord. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's tale. 
Tune in next time for another exciting interrupted... Alternate titles for this story. Satan's uh, Boner. Okay. Uh, Beelzebub's uh, Joke. Uh-huh. Um, that that evil guy who smells like pot down the hallway uh, gives a uh, limerick. Tail.